0: The Bible says, There are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man could come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, We also go away. Then Simon Peter answered, uh, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Um, I will ask uh, Brother Randy another drink. Could you pray for me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh I thank you for the opportunity to come into your house tonight Amen. and to hear your words, Lord, and let your words resonate in our hearts, Lord, and just let us grow out of your word. Uh, Lord, we just look forward to your coming, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. So tonight I'm going to basically make, make it a simple, like, Brother Andrew mentioned this morning about, you know, Dr. Ruckman likes to ask very simple questions. So tonight I'm going to ask a simple question and ask, uh, to whom shall you go? Now let's just say, for instance, if you maybe if you're thinking about, I don't know, maybe the Lord might, uh, might be dealing with somebody in here right now that uh, you might be thinking about maybe leaving, doing whatever. Maybe you'd, uh, you've been having issues with the, with the Lord possibly or whatever. And I want to ask you something really simple. If you leave... Say so you walk out of those doors tonight, you decide to never come back. Where are you going to go? Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, Brother Andrew mentioned the fact that he was raised in a Christian home, and uh, I wasn't. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I grew up, uh, in fact, in a pretty rough home life. My, you know, my dad was a my dad was a hard worker, everything like that. And uh, you know, once we started, a lot of uh, circumstances happened in my parents' life. They ended up. Uh, You know, they always drank, but they ended up becoming uh, really bad alcoholics. And so I grew up in that. Um, You know, never knew anything about Jesus Christ other than the fact that my mom was raised Catholic. You know, mom didn't go to mass, nothing like that. But she had an idea of who Jesus Christ was. She never truly knew who the Lord was. And so, uh, honestly, it might sound like a funny thing, but I am thankful that I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Uh, Just because of the simple fact that I got to... For 19 years of my life, I got to live in this world and realize that that's not what I wanted. And I got to the point to where I realized I wanted a lot more than just that. And so I started searching a lot of ways for certain things that uh, just didn't really fit that bill, if you want to say. And, um, you know, it's amazing because if you look in that passage of John chapter 6, you know, at the very beginning of of the book, you don't have to turn there, but uh, you got the story of, uh, you know, the boy with the fishes and the bread, and he brings it, and, uh, you know, the Lord uh, uses the five barley loaves and the two fishes. You know, and the Lord uses those little things to try our faith, to see, you know, how much we really, you know, how much really uh, faith we really have. And so, um, uh, you know, we, uh, and even looking at this passage, you know, you can see that Jesus can do a lot with the little that you do have. And, uh, you know, it may seem like a, a little thing for, somebody to just pack up and leave their home. But that's not an easy thing, because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm somebody I hate change. And so when we came here, we decided, you know, this is, this is the place where we need to be. I mean, I've gone to, I went to multiple different churches before we came, uh, came here. I went to, uh, you know, for instance, like, I guess you'd call it therapy. There was a guy that uh, was a contemporary church goer and uh, he was a pastor there. And a guy I went to school with, his name was Nathaniel, that's the church he went to, so I was like, well, I mean, he's really the only Christian that I know, so I'm like, I'm going to try to go there and see if maybe I could talk to him. And, uh, you know, we, we sat down multiple weekends, stuff like that, went over stuff, and uh, I would go there before work and uh, have a therapy session, more than actually talking about the Lord and everything. It was more of how could I better myself, as opposed to how in the world am I going to you know, get closer to the Lord, which is what I realized, you know, now is what I was looking for the whole time. It wasn't the fact that I was trying to better myself as a person because, I mean, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And so uh, I just want you to, I just want you to realize that you guys being here tonight is a huge testimony. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big deal, especially like, you know, a little, I guess, holiday. You could say that Halloween is, but still you guys are here and people see that stuff. So that's a blessing. But uh, like I said, I want to uh, I wanted to ask you that uh, that simple question. You know, where are you going to go? The Lord asked Peter. He said uh, they, he asked all of the disciples, not just. Uh, it says uh, Jesus said unto the twelve, "Will ye also go away?" And Peter was the only one that answered him, and he said, uh, "Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And uh, you know, uh, if you walk out. If you walk out on the Lord, where are you going to go? You know, he's got the words of eternal life, and every idle word that you've ever spoken is just going to fall away. Jesus Christ is the only one that's got uh, the words of eternal life. So, um, you know, and everything that you say, everything you do in this life, once you walk away from the Lord, it's not going to amount to nothing. You have to face judgment. I think it was Brother Andrew who mentioned this morning, it was either Brother Andrew or Tom, uh, when you stand in judgment with the Lord, everything's going to burn up. You're going to stand up there, you're going to get everything judged, and it's just going to burn away. And then what are you going to be left with? And so, uh, you know, when I was writing this outline, it started making me think about the fact of how, um, you know, in my job, the way we do things, you know, I shut people's power off, so that's fun. But uh, you realize that whenever you break the circuit, because electricity is always flowing in a circuit, you have a flow of power, and if you break that circuit, you lose it. And so, if you walk out on Jesus Christ, you're going to lose communication with him, and you're not going to have any power the lights are going to go out. And, so, um, and likewise, also, uh, you have, um, like I said, uh, if you have a back feed in your, uh, in your panel, if you pull out a meter, you have the flow from the line coming in, and then you've got the flow from the load side coming in. Also, if you have two different types of things fighting for power, it's going to blow up. And pretty much, ultimately, it's going to kill you, and it's going to kill you spiritually. And so if you're sitting there and you're fighting with the Lord, you're fighting with the devil, and you're in the center, and then you're trying to have both of those, because you're either serving one or the other, and you're not going to be serving both. And so you have to realize if you try to serve both, that thing's going to blow up. And so uh, first point I want to get at is uh, if you walk out on Jesus Christ, the first place you're going to end up back in is the world. And so a telltale sign that someone has returned back into the world is that to begin adop- uh, adopting worldly ideas and begin living wickedly. And you see an example of that in Luke 15, 13, where uh, he's uh, with the uh, prodigal son. And how it says, And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Um, instead of staying in, in the father's house, he walked away with the idea that going to a new country with, this, you know, with new thrills would change his life in a better direction. Uh, because, I, uh, because obviously we're, uh, we're no better than the father, I mean, after all. We're far more educated, right? That's what a lot of people like to think. We're far more educated than what the old archaic text says. You deal with those people all the time. and talk about how new versions of the Bible are better or, you know, it's archaic. And this thing isn't really going to help you in life. What's really going to help you is if you end up going to some shrink to try to tell you who's got just as much problems as, uh, as you do that you need to, you know, oh, you need to fix your life. And so... Uh, like I said, I, you know, and the new stuff really, you know, and then also one of the other things is they'll tell you is that the new stuff isn't that bad. You know, you got people who uh, listen to contemporary music, and trust me, I'm a person who uh, growing up, music was through and through. And I grew up listening to the wrong kind of music. But obviously that was my comfort right there was music for a long time. And, uh, you know, you get the, you know, you got people who tell you, well, the new contemporary music isn't that bad. And then you realize that, uh, you know, that conformity with the world and also trying to mix God in with it is the same thing like that flow of power. you got two trying to fight against each other, and that thing's going to blow up. And, I mean, you've got, you got churches now who, uh, um, you know, they mentioned uh, down at Dr. Peacock Church, the fact that you've got church after church after church on different street corners who are shutting down, and yet there they are building a new building. And it's like, you know, you ask yourself, you know, a simple question, why is that? And that's because they have something that a lot of those churches don't. And they have the truth. And so, uh, uh, you know, instead of staying at the Father's house, he walked away with the idea, like I said, that uh, going to a new country with, this, uh, with the new thrills would change his life in a better direction. Uh, he also said, you know, the new stuff isn't that bad. they are more educated. And it's just the way you look at it. That's another thing that somebody will tell you. You know, they'll say, oh, well, uh, you, know, you know, you see it this way. You know, but I see it this way. And then a lot of times, that's something that can cause a lot of us to kind of take a step back because it's like, how can you tell somebody who's so set in their mind that, hey, what you're doing is wrong? And it's the same thing with, like, my family and everything like that. You try to tell them drinking's not that bad, and their main excuse. Every time you talk to somebody who drinks, the main thing you'll hear from them is, well, Jesus drank wine. And that's always their go-to. And then you go back to the verse, you know, where it talks about, you know, uh, uh, it's a full... Um, uh, the he that looketh on the collar of the wine is a fool. And, you know, you bring them those the, those verses. It's like, no, 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 you have to realize Jesus drank wine. And so it's kind of hard to, you know, deal with that kind of stuff. But you have to realize that a lot of those people, that's just how they, that, you know, that's how they see it. And then, uh, you know, another one is everyone's doing it. That's one of their other go-tos. Like, oh, everyone's doing it. You know, they have worldly ideas and thoughts. And the world's not, uh, um, you know, the world's not for you. Okay, I want you guys to understand that the world's not for you, it's against you. And a lot of you guys already know that. I mean, obviously, I don't have to sit here and, you know, (laughs) rail that into your minds. You guys realize that that the world out there is not your friend. And so, um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, I lived 19 years in the world without hope and without God. And I lived my life hating somebody that I didn't even know. And I grew up, and I remember asking my mom one time, Uh, It was me and my friend Dustin and like, you know, uh, I grew up, you know, in school and I hung out with like, you got certain cliques in school. You got the jocks, you got the, you know, and uh, I was, you know, I hung out with like the screamo group of metal kids. And so, uh, you know, I had my friend over one time and I was sitting down, I was talking to my mom because like I said, my mom grew up Catholic. So I knew she knew of Jesus Christ and that's all I knew. And so I told my mom one time, we were sitting down in the kitchen and I was talking with her and my friend Dustin. And we were kind of like trying to defend the devil, I guess you could say. Because, you know, once you start listening to that kind of music, that's all it's about is the devil. A lot of people try to, no, it's not what it's really about. But it honestly is. And, uh, you know, I remember telling my mom, I was like, uh, well, why would God, you know, cast somebody out who wanted to be like him? And at that time, I never understood, like you know, like why that Satan wanted to be above God. You know, Satan was I, I, me, me, I. And my mom couldn't give me an answer, and so I was like, "See, ha, told you." And then got up, continued living my life, and everything like that. And then I got to a point to where, you know, I met that um, met the guy I worked with, and he asked me pretty much what I thought hell was, and I told him, "Well, I think hell is this. I think it's a state of mind. I think it's you know." And he laughed at me because he thought I was funny. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize. I was like, well, why are you laughing? I was like, you know, my mom's giving me this answer, stuff like that, my entire life. And then I realized when he passed away, I went to his funeral. And I seen pictures of him when he was at camp. And uh, he was in a contemporary church most of his life. But still, when I realized, I seen pictures of him at camp. And he just looked happy. I mean, you know, they're sitting there they're singing songs about the Lord, obviously wrong kind of music, but it was something I didn't have. And I was like, you know, uh, sitting there, and there's a preacher there. He's from Kentucky. As far as, as far as what I know, his family grew up in a Baptist, you know, uh, home, and then he ended up getting more contemporary later on. And the preacher that baptized him was a preacher from Kentucky, And he was like this old country fellow and everything, and he stood up, and he was like, look, he said, anybody that wants to trust Jesus Christ, he's like, you know, typical, you know, big Southern Baptist, you know, ideal, raise your hand, bow your head, you know, and we'll all pray for you. and so I bowed my head, and I raised my hand, and I truly meant what I said, but at the time, I didn't realize that I was, you know, there was more to it than just raising your hand. And so at that moment is when the Lord told me, hey, this is, this is what you're looking for. And I told him, I said, Lord, do you realize that I've uh, said, well, I've done this, I've done that, done this, I've done that. And it was the first time the Lord was like, none of that matters. Okay, what matters is, is where you're at right here and now. And so, uh, you know, and I've already explained my testimony multiple times, going to the Pentecostal church, stuff like that. But needless to say, the Lord saw my heart in that thing. And so, if you're thinking about walking out on the Lord, realize why you're here in the first place, okay? Going back to the world isn't going to solve your problems, because what's going to happen when you get back out in the world, you're going to be fighting the world, you're going to be fighting God at the same time. And the Holy Spirit's going to be railing on you the whole time. And then, uh, you know, like I said, uh, you, know, you, grow up in the, you grow up in this world, and then you have no concept of who God is and you find out who He truly is, you ain't going to want to go back. So um, then the second point I want to hit on is that if you end up leaving God, you're going to end up back in the flesh. Uh, And if you would turn to Galatians 5. I'm going to read verses there. So if you look at verse number 16, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fill the lusts of the flesh, for the, lust, uh, against, uh, uh, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are the contrary, one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, uh, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and right now, it's prime time for people who are in the flesh, and you can see it. You have to realize you being a saved person doesn't mean that you're not going to end up back in the flesh. Because you can do just, just as much things as the lost world is capable of, if not worse. Because you know the truth now. And so, uh, you know, uh, if you walk in the flesh, you won't, have, uh, you won't have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you read down a little ways, you can see what the uh, fruit of the Holy Spirit is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And one thing I realized studying this thing out is that a lot of those things that you deal with in the flesh are things that are going to affect you in your walk with Jesus Christ, and the things that if you're walking with the Lord, you're going to realize you're going to be a blessing to somebody else because you have those fruits. And so, um, uh, you know, John 6, 66, like I said, if you walk away from Jesus Christ, you're walking right into the flesh and the lusts of it. But Paul tells us if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. And And how could we as Bible believers, you know, having the Word of God, we know the truths contained in the Word of God, how can we walk away from the Lord so easily? And honestly, that's a simple thing because we don't get what we want. A lot of us we think that God is like a genie, and we want to rub the bottle and then say, "All right, Lord, these are what I want." And it doesn't always work that way. The Lord doesn't work in our timing. You know, He tells us to cast all our cares upon Him, for He careth for us. But He knows better. A lot of times, if we ask for something, He doesn't give it to us. Doesn't necessarily mean that. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that He's not. Going to answer that prayer just doesn't mean it's not necessarily in his timing. And so, um, you know, the Lord said, except you be converted, you become as little children. You know, I don't think he meant the temper tantrums with that. But, you know, he knows that that kind of stuff would come. And uh, when I was looking at it, it made me think of the story that my brother told me about his little daughter. I have two nieces and a nephew. And uh, Shelby, my... uh, My youngest niece, my dad says all the time, whenever she's around, you need a bottle of holy water with you because she's that bad. And so, uh, but my brother one time was sitting there and he's driving home from somewhere. I can't remember where they were, but uh, she kept picking on her little brother. My brother's like, stop, Shelby, stop, stop, stop. And she wouldn't stop. And so he finally turns around. He's like, why are you like that? He's like, why do you do that to your little brother? And she's like, because dad, I'm a jerk. And he's like, he's like, well, he's like, okay, at least you're honest. And so, you know, sometimes it takes being honest to see reality, just like Brother Combs mentioned this morning in Sunday school. You know, a lot of times honesty is, is, uh, gets you far in this life. Um, you know, you think of uh, Brother Joe Delaria in the church. He tells us guys all the time. He's like, look, just do right. It's not hard. It's not rocket scientists when it comes to walking with the Lord. Just do right. I mean, you have the truth. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. And so it's like, just do right. Um, you know, and if we're honest, a lot of the things of, uh, that cause uncomfortability, you know, it leads us back to the things that, are, that we're comfortable with in the first place. And uh, it's usually not the right kind of things, you know. And like I said, you know, music was one thing that brought me comfort. And uh, I have to realize that, you know, now walking with the Lord, I have to make sure that it's the right kind of music. Because if it's not, it's going to take me out of fellowship real quick with the Lord. And so, uh, you know, and it's easy to resort back to the old ways of doing things because a walk with Jesus Christ requires a lot of faith. And faith isn't always easy to come by. And it costs a lot sometimes, especially, like I said, we packed up everything and we came here. And that's not an easy thing to do because obviously it was a dark doorway to go through. But then I realized, you know, Lord, if that's where you need me to go, that's where I'm willing to go. And sure enough, we've been here ever since. And I praise the Lord for that. And I thank him for everything that he's done for me and Michaela. And, uh, you know, it just takes that little bit of effort on our part to go forward with the Lord. And, uh, you know, my dad always told me growing up, he's like, you know, the truth hurts. And uh, a lot of times in reality, you're reading this Bible, you're going to realize the truth's going to hurt. Because that allows you to see who you truly are. And so, uh, you know, last, uh, one of my last points I want to hit on is the fact that you end up tangled with the devil again if you end up walking out with the Lord. The devil can't take your soul once you're saved, but he can take your life, and he can make it unprofitable. And uh, one thing he wants to take away is your testimony with the Lord. And uh, obviously everybody in here has their own personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, I, you guys go places I can't go, and I go places you guys can't go. And you can be a blessing to somebody where you're at. And so you have to... Um, like I said, um, if you're thinking about walking away on the Lord, also realize that you're walking away from a lot of people that you can help too. And um, you know, the devil can also cause you to doubt uh, doubt God. You know, which is a scary place to be because Peter, uh, you know, um, you know, as Peter said, Jesus Christ has the words of eternal life. But later on, you realize uh, you start reading, you'll see that Peter also denied the Lord when he told him that uh, uh, he was going to deny him. And that he was gonna—he uh, was gonna die on the cross, and the Lord told him, "Get thee behind me, Satan." Same person who told Jesus Christ, "Hey, we know that thou art the Christ, the Son of God." And um, you know, if uh, Satan get the words of God out of your hands, he will. Uh, you know, if he can add to what God said, he will. You know, you got uh, a lot of uh, denominations out there who preach that you need baptism and faith to be saved. You need to speak in tongues to be saved. And those are all little twists that the devil wants to throw on there because people rest the Scriptures to their own destruction because they don't take time to study their Bible. So, uh, and also one thing he wants to do is he wants to take away from God's Word. And you can get that from any modern Bible. You pick up any modern Bible, uh, you realize that they take away from the deity of Jesus Christ, they take away from His blood atonement. They give a title to Satan, that's a title to Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that kind of stuff to people. The first thing I want to do is toss that thing in the trash because a lot of folks don't know that. And I remember the first time I found out that the King James Bible was the Word of God. It was a little thing, but it was the fact that the new versions change uh, uh, bottles to wine skins, where it says that uh, no man can put new wine into old bottles else the bottles break. New versions change it to wine skins. And so I'm like, but they had bottles back then. They still knew how to do Pottery. And so I'm thinking about it. I'm like, man, that's okay. I was like, that's odd. And so I started watching a video about like why they changed that, like just a little stuff. And then you realize there's all these verses. And so I'm at work. Wrong place to do this. But I'm at work, listening to this video. I take a piece of computer paper out of the thing and I'm writing all these verses down. And so I walk up, this is uh, when I worked with uh, Brother Josh Spurgeon. And so I walk up to him. I'm like, man, I said, look at all these verses taken out of these new Bibles. And he's like, Man, he's like, you're not. You need to calm down. He's like, I think. He's like, I think. He's like, you're looking a little too deep into this. And I told him, I said, no. I said, there's something here. I was like, there is really something here. I said, that's not right. And then, you know, going to him, trying to tell him that, hey, you know, brother, you got the wrong Bible. I mean, that's nerve wracking because you know, if you know brother Josh, like, he's not the same person he was then. And then, uh, you know, like I said, I went to multiple different preachers, telling them, you know, asking them about the bible and stuff and that uh one pastor that uh, was at that contemporary church I asked him I was like uh did you know that all these uh things were taken out of the King James Bible and I was like all these different uh, or, uh all these different things were taken out of the NIV and I was like uh so what uh, so what bible do you read he's like oh I read the NIV and I was like oh boy <laughs> I was like okay and he's like well if you want we can you know, we can start doing our things and we can start going through the King James Bible. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure we could. And so I got up and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to go back there because obviously the guy's going to want, you know, he's going to want to itch my ears. He's going to want to tell me what I want to hear. And then, uh, <clears throat> you know, I with Nathaniel, the guy that I told you about, I went to school with, went to that church. Now he's out of church. Doesn't want anything to do with God. I mean, he's like... Uh, you know, it's just really worldly now. And then you see what that kind of fruit produces, especially with somebody who's like that. Um, so, uh, you know, when you decide, like I said, to try to walk away from Jesus Christ, you're going to end up with the devil and you're going to try to make everything about you. You're going to want to be me, I, 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 just like the devil, and you'll become unthankful. You know, First Thessalonians 5.18, it tells us, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Satan wants you out of the will of God. And it will stop at nothing to get you out of it. So, uh, so pretty much what I wanted to say you know, in closing is that uh, you know, I want to ask you one thing. You know, will you also go away? After all the truth you've had, everything, I don't know. Like I said, the Lord obviously had me preach this for a reason. He obviously put it my heart. I don't know maybe if there's somebody in here who's maybe thinking about walking out on the Lord. But let me ask you, you know, where are you going to go? If you walk out in the Lord, where else are you going to go? You're going to end up one of three places. And when you end up in one, I'm telling you, you're going to end up walking into both of the other ones. You're going to end up in the flesh, the world, you're going to end up uh, in the world, the flesh, and the devil. And you're going to be taken by the devil, uh, captive at his will, like the Bible says, because you acknowledge not the, uh, uh, not the truth. And pretty much what's going to happen is you're going to be walking, And you're going to be right up to the point to where you feel like you're about ready to grab the hem of Jesus Christ's garment. And the devil's going to yank that chain back and be like, where do you think you're going? It's like, you're right there, but, you know, you're not doing what I want you to do. And so, you know, there's a lot of hard truths in life. And, uh, you know, in the message, like I said, we went over the, uh, you know, the different places you'll go. And if you choose to walk away from the Lord, especially right now, the world will try to tell you that you need to make decisions that, uh, uh, that, are right, uh, uh, that they think are right. So you're going to end up right back in the world, and then you're going to end up with the most of them are, uh, like I said, most of them are political and dumb, but most of them are like, oh, well, no, you need to support gay marriage. You need to support abortion. You need to do everything that's contrary to God. Because that's what they want. They want they want God without the judgment of God. They want the teddy bear Jesus Christ. They don't want the Jesus Christ who says that He's going to ride back on a white horse with blood up to His bridle. And so, uh, like I said, everything is contrary to the way that uh, that God thinks. And uh, you know, it may force you into uncomfortable spots sometimes when you have to uh, make decisions about the Lord. Uh, You know, for instance, like I said, I had to tell my bosses about eternal security, and that's not an easy thing because they're your bosses. You know, they're sitting there, they're talking about, well, you know, we try to live it every day. And, you know, we fail the Lord, and then, you know, we have to ask Him to save us over and over. And it's like, you know you don't have to do that, right? It's like you ask Him one time, you meant it, you're saved. It's like you have to realize it's daily fellowship. And, uh, you know, that was a hard decision to make, and it makes me think of... uh, You know, I love Pastor's story about where he says he was in the chief's mess. And he walks up, yells right at him, you offend my God, you know. It's like, that's probably a hard decision to make. (laughs) But, you know, it was your choice to follow the Lord, and that made a huge impact, and you see it. Uh, You know, you got people who are talking to Brother John, who's like, oh, hey, you know, I knew him from Lexus Nexus. Or you got the call from, you know, oh, well, I was on, you know, the USS Scott. And, you know, it's uh, your life can have a huge impact on somebody else. So you decide to walk out in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're also walking out in the opportunity to help somebody else or lead somebody else to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, uh, you know, you're going to end up being one of two types of disciples when, uh, when things get tough. Like I said, you're going to walk out and you realize that life, uh, uh, the life turns, uh, that life you can't turn nowhere else, you know, there's nowhere else to go. And uh, basically, like I said, I'll end with this, but... Uh, you got that old saying, and I know Dr. Ruckman used to quote it a lot. But uh, you know, it says that only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. And so, uh, like I said in closing, I just want to ask you: You know, where are you going to go if you decide to walk out in the Lord, and you decide to uh, decide? That, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not cut out for this thing. And trust me, like I said, none of us feel like we're cut out for it. I mean, obviously, how can you repay Jesus Christ for what He's done for you? But like I said, it's, all, it's, it's good to try. Amen. I mean, you're never going to be able to pay him back, but it's good to at least try, tell somebody about him, because uh, that's the only hope somebody has in this life. And so that's all I got.
1: Well, amen. I just want to add a couple things to that. That, that conversation started out, uh, Peter said, where else are we going to go? Jesus asking him that question, where else are you going to go? Uh, he asked him, Will you also go away. Uh, the conversation started out, Jesus started talking about the bread of life, which he was. And he said, you got to eat me. And that's kind of a hard thing to believe and understand. And you got to realize all the people there didn't have a clue what he was talking about. Uh, you know, the greatest thing about the Bible I realize is most of the time you don't have a clue what you're talking about. Uh, you don't understand what he said or why he said what he said. And the gut reaction of most people is just to go away and go somewhere else. But the question he asked Peter is where else are you going to go? And I long long time ago stopped and thought about that thing and said there is no other place. I know nobody else that offers me eternal life. I know nobody else that says I can get you into heaven. I don't know anybody that says I am God and I'll take care of you. I don't know anybody like that. I know churches says you got to go through me and churches say you got to do this and churches but I've never met anybody that says where will you go? <laughs> I'm like, I can't go nowhere, man. I was like, I got you. I said, that's all I got is you. I don't have nothing else. I got you. I got nothing else. And when you stop and think about that thing for a minute, Peter gave the exact right answer. Where then Simon Peter answered unto him, Lord, to whom shall we go? That's the the answer that Peter had no clue what he was talking about either. Peter did not realize what the bread of life was. Peter denied him. Like he said, a little ways later, he denied him three times. Peter didn't have a clue either. You know what Peter knew? He had no other place to go. Now, you know that. You know what gets you to Jesus Christ? is you know, there's no other place to go. Uh, if you try life at all, and some of us older people have done that, you try life at all, pretty soon you realize there's no place to go. I was in the Navy. The Navy did not hold my answer. Uh, I thought it did. I thought, surely, if I became an electronic technician and I could just become an astronaut and go to space, I would have everything. Then I heard Shatner the other day say that when he went, he got out there and he goes, I've never seen anything like this. This changed my whole life. What? Well, 90 years old, and that's what it took to change your life, and 66 miles away changed your life? I'm like, there's nothing out there. My answer is not out there. My answer is right here. And, the, and stopping and saying, what's the question, by the way? What, what are you talking about? And stick in there long enough to find it. Uh, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be shamed. You know what you're supposed to do is study that thing out. Uh, brother Mike, Mike uh, 72 years old, right? In January. in January, he'd be 72. He just graduated the one-year course down at Peacock School. He's going down there and graduated him and Ruth both. Uh, I ain't going to ask Ruth. I ain't going to ask you how old you're Because if you do know, you probably hit me with something. But But here's two people that are just slightly older than than getting a driver's license, uh, <laughs> went to a one-year course. Does that help you to it all? Oh, yeah. And you, you sit there and say, what is it? Well, it's you never, you know what you do? You learn some other things. You go, whoa, I never looked at it like that. I never looked at it like that. There's all kinds of things in life that we just don't like. There's all kinds of things that could make you want to just quit. I want to quit all the time. Uh, I'm looking for any reason at all. The Lord just never, I'm like, well, where else am I going to go? That question is always in my mind. Where else am I going to go? I, if y'all kicked me out of here, told me I couldn't be pastor of church anymore, uh, the next question I would have is, would you let me sit in the back pew? Can I still stay here? Because I don't have no other place to go. I really have no other place. Uh, there's no place I want to be. There's nobody I want to be around. There's just I just have no other place. Why? Because I want Jesus. And, and if I have to change and I have to get things out of my life that don't please him and they, they got to go, and I may not understand it if I stick around long enough. I'll understand. You know what I've learned in 42 years? I'm going to write a book one of these days. Everybody else got one out there. Things I have learned. One thing I've learned is if you stick around long enough, you'll figure it out. But if you quit, you never will. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. Are y'all going to come up here? Where are they at? Where's my piano player and organ player? And, and uh, you know that. I've told y'all a million times, if you don't come up here, yeah, I won't stop. I've said that. Take your song books. Been a good Sunday. Boy, I'm glad everybody came out. Uh, I was sitting there one day and I said, You know, I said, Lord, I said, I used to leave early too and, and head out of here and leave the church all by itself. And I said, I deserve being here with them and seeing what they have to go through. And said, you guys didn't really have it that bad, it don't look like. I said, This is the first time I've done this. And because we go to camp and I leave on Sunday night and uh, went down there every year this year, I thought, Well, hey, I'll stay here and, and just see what's going to happen. And y'all, it doesn't sound like y'all have it too bad. Uh, go to 261. 261. Trusting, trusting the whole thing.